0: So our passage that we're going to be using uh, as a primary passage, there are several in the message, but the primary passage is out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. And you might remember that because last fall in the Sermon on the Mount, this was part of the Sermon on the Mount. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so th- this morning we want to celebrate the discipline of fasting. And I know it's like, well, wait a minute. Why is it called fasting and why are we celebrating something when we've taken something away? You know, it, it, it's when we're, we give something up, but we're giving something up to gain something else. And fasting is is a powerful, powerful tool for us. Fasting, as a definition from from, uh, Richard Foster, fasting is the voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. In other words, we give something up, which is normal uh, in our life, but we don't do it just to do it. We do it so that we can draw near to God for intense spiritual activity. So when, so when we do this, we can think of it as giving up to gain. We give up something important to us so that we can have a closer relationship to God. We draw near to him when we, init- when we give up our cravings. So, so the most common is, is food, right? Fasting from food. And, and, um, and anybody take a test recently where you had to fast? You know, you get hungry, right? And you want to eat. What if, in that moment, w- when we get that craving, we use that as a catalyst to go to the Bible or to go to God in prayer or 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 to seek him in in some way? we have a devotion set aside when we have an intentional uh fast and that's the most common, but there as Corey mentioned, there are other things that we can fast from and probably should fast from <laughs> uh facebook uh instagram um snapchat, so many of the social media things in our life, fasting from that, what would that look like? Well, any time that you feel like going onto Facebook and checking to see what, whether somebody liked your post, um, that's a time to go to God in prayer. Or, or any time that you have that, oh, I need to go tell somebody about this on, on, on social media, that's a trigger for us to go to God in prayer. It helps us to draw near to Him. And that's the essence of fasting. It's an opportunity to draw near to God. Now, I mentioned last fall we went through the Sermon on the Mount, and the section where this passage on fasting is has to do with our motivation. And that's critical when you're talking about fasting, because we fast in life from different things. You know, if you're a diabetic, I guarantee your doctor's going to tell you that you don't need to eat certain foods. Right, guy? (laughs) So, so. Is that a spiritual fast? no that's that's a that's a medical fast. Could guy turn it into a spiritual fast? certainly if, if he turned it into a, an opportunity to seek God. so that's one of the things that that we can do. Um, some of us want to lose weight. Um, so fasting could be a, is a way to lose weight, but if my purpose is to lose weight, that's not a spiritual fast. that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, this kind of fast that draws us near to God. Now, it could be a byproduct of that, but it's n- what's my motivation behind the reason that I'm fasting? It's a gift. I know it's, a, it's like, wait a minute, how can it be a gift? But it's such a gift and because it, it allows us to grow deeper in our faith because I guarantee you, if you fast from food, you're going to get hungry and you're going to have cravings and you're going to have that, uh, that opportunity to seek God it will happen that said fasting is not particularly popular is that correct yeah it's not particularly popular Uh, there are places though where it happens I mean Foster in the book he, he said over the last hundred years uh from like a 1850 to 1950, he said nobody wrote anything about <laughs> fasting, you know, because people just weren't involved with that. But I'll tell you this: um, Jensen Franklin um, Free Chapel, Free Chapel, they start their year with a 21-day Daniel fast for leaders, and, and and they encourage their church to do that. The reason is that they want to align with where God is taking them in that year. So they start their year with prayer. In fasting, a good friend of mine, he's in my uh, accountability group that I meet with on Fridays. Uh, monty Turner, he's at Discover Point Church, which is a non-denominational church. He's just now coming out of the end of a Daniel fast. Dan- Daniel fast is primarily uh, vegetables and that and, and that kind of, of of a fast. And that's another. You know, you can fast in different ways, right? We'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Um, but their goal is the same. They've they've hit a plateau in the church, and 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 that where do we go from here? And so they're they're trying to seek God at depth. Remember, superficiality is a, is the big problem in the church today. We want depth in our relationship with God. Fasting will help us get depth. It will help us to go deeper. We'll draw nearer to God. John Wesley, you may have heard that name around here before. Um, uh, he's a was a regular faster, and he actually, for for part of his ministry, fasted two days a week. He fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays, and uh, now that changed over time to just on Fridays, and his fast, you've got a, y- the insert in your bulletin has an example of the Wesley fast and what that looks like. So he would uh, sundown on Thursday till 3 p.m. on Friday, he would fast every week, and He expected his ministers to fast as well. It was an expectation because of the power that it has when we discipline ourselves and seek God in that moment, when we deny ourselves, when we humble ourselves. So so there's a history in the church of fasting, right? But what's the deal with that? Why, would you, why should we do it? How should we do it? Wait a minute, I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a several things to, to that really are important to look at. One is that it's a biblical uh, tradition. And it's not just a New Testament tradition. This is a biblical tradition from the old to the new. Psalm thirty five thirteen. For a, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. And my prayer kept returning to me. I humbled my soul with fasting. Fasting is a form of being of humbling oneself. First Kings 21, uh, verse 27. It came about when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and fasting. And he lay in sackcloth and went about despondently. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days. Because he humbled himself and fasted, God changed what he was going to do and 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 uh, reached to Ahab. Ezra 8:21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahaba, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him a safe journey for us, our little ones, and all our possess- possessions. There was an, an intent behind that one. That, that fast was, we're about to go into this place, so let's fast so that we can have the favor of God. First Samuel 7, 6, They gathered to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, We have sinned against the Lord. They had sinned against the Lord, so they humbled themselves, repented, and fasted. To get the fa- to draw nearer to God, and that's that's so, th- and it's there's more, there's more examples of fasting, but it doesn't end there because in the New Testament the disciples were fasters. Um, in Acts 13, two to two and three, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work." To which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. They fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them. That's this morning. Was the anointing, the blessing. They laid their hands on them, blessed them, and sent them. They prepared them and sent them through prayer and fasting. Acts 14.23. When they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. When they appointed elders, they fasted. They prepared their heart. They prepared their soul. And especially for us as believers in this day, Matthew 9, 14 and 15. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't? See, that the disciples when they were with Jesus weren't fasting. And John's disciples... We're a little jealous apparently of that. And, but Jesus responded, The attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away, and then they will fast. Now that's not a commandment. That's not a go and make disciples of Jesus. Go into all nations to make disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's a commandment. But this is a pretty strong Suggestion and encouragement. Jesus is pretty clear. This, he expects that followers of His are going to going to be fasters. He's pretty clear about that. That we need this in our spiritual life. And there's a long list of biblical fasters uh, in Scripture, and I'm going to go through some of them. Abraham's servant, when he was seeking a bride for Isaac, fasted so that. So that Isaac could get a bride. Moses, on several occasions, he fasted. Hannah, as she prayed for a child. David fasted often. Elijah, after his victory over Jezebel. Ezra, when he was mourning Israel's faithlessness. Nehemiah, fasted when he was preparing the trip back to Israel to build the wall around the city. Esther, when God's people were threatened with extermination, she humbled herself and she fasted, and it changed that. It, uh, Daniel was a regular fast. He fasted on numerous occasions. The people of Nineveh, including the cattle, but that was probably involuntary on their part, um, but <laughs> even the livestock fasted um, in Nineveh, and what did God do? He delivered the city. They repented, and, and, and he changed his mind from destroying them to, to blessing them and upset Jonah. Um, Jesus, when he began his public ministry, remember, 40 days, 40 nights, tempted of the devil, he fasted and prayed. The Christians at Antioch, when they sent off Paul and Barnabas in that passage in Acts we read a minute ago, Paul, the point of his conversion, Paul and others, whenever they appointed elders in all of the churches, they didn't just appoint them, they prayed and they fasted and they prepared the ground and they, and then they sent them on their way. But it, but it's not just the apostles, it's not just Jesus and not just those, those uh biblical saints, because Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Knox, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards, David Brainerd, Charles Finney, the list goes on and on of Christian leaders who regularly fasted in their life because it enhanced their spiritual life. It helped them to move from superficial faith to faith at depth. So why should we fast in the first place? Well, the answer to that is probably because the Holy Spirit is moving in our heart to deepen our relationship with Him, and this is one of the tools that we're given in order for that to happen. So the Spirit moves and, 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 and moves in your heart, and, and, and you go, how can I get draw deeper? This is one of the ways to do that when we hear the call of Yahweh, the call of God, and we must obey you ever had that happen where God tapped you on the shoulder and you're like, hang on, I don't want to do that, but <laughs> you don't have to want to do that, you know, and you obey. See, Jesus uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't go if you pray or if you give or if you fast, right? He said, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. He was assuming that the children of, 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 of his kingdom, the children that were going to follow him, would be doing these things. And so he gave us ways to go about it. He gave us instruction on, on how it could be done with spiritual success. So that's why we fast. We also fast because it will reveal things in our life which have a, a control over us. Um, one of the first things I learned about fasting was that I have uh, a a deep-seated anger issue. Now, I I come from, you know, my dad was a violent alcoholic and all that, and and so I get it um, genetically, I (laughs) get it that way. um, But when you meet me, you're probably not going to go, man, that Mike is an angry guy. That's probably not your first impression of me. (laughs) <laughs> Uh-oh, now i got some first impressions going on. Um, <laughs> I've got some remembrances. But here's what happened. I, I, was, I was seeking God, and I'm like, God, I want to go deeper, and I want to draw nearer to you. And, and, and I had this thought, you know, kind of that, you know, well, then why don't you give fasting a try? So I said, okay. I, and so I start giving a fast, and everything made me mad. Everything made me mad. Little stuff. I was irritable. It didn't matter. You know, it, <laughs> what are you doing breathing? You know, stop it. You know, it, everything made me mad. And it'd be easy to go, well, you're hungry, so, you know, that's what it is. Or you got low blood sugar, and that's probably what. But I, what I did and needed to do was to examine my life and go, okay, time out. What is that about? And the truth is that I come by my anger naturally. And so what that means is that I have to pay attention to that because I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to be that guy. And what fasting did was it took off some of the protections that I have layered on and it went bubble, 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 bubble to the surface. That's one of the things that you can, and I don't know what your thing or it will be, but when we begin to go deeper, stuff's going to come up. And fasting will be one of the things that we do where stuff is going to come up. And, and we need not blow that off, but to look at it and go, okay, what's that about? Because that helps us get deeper in our faith. Um, fasting is, is, is also something we do when there's a need. Uh, somebody gets sick, fasting and prayer, put something to fasting and prayer when there's urgency. Um, when, when we humble ourselves, you know, a whole city repented when they fasted and prayed. When we humble ourselves and seek God at depth, things can be changed and, thi- and it can have a, a strong impact. And certain drastic situations require a drastic response. So there are uh, different kinds of fast beyond just food. Though Thomas Merton said this, he said, It is in deep solitude that I find the gentleness with which I can truly love my brother's. The more solitary I am, the more affection I have for them. It is pure affection and filled with reverence for the solitude of others. Solitude and silence teach me to love my brothers for who they are, not for what they say. And and I'm going to say something here that I don't want you to miss. Here, Sometimes we need to fast from people. Sometimes we need to fast from people. It's not to be antisocial. It's not because we don't like people but sometimes we need times of solitude away from people so that we can draw nearer to God and hear what he has to say without the distraction. That helps us, as Merton says, to be available for him, and then we're less likely to be reactive to others. In Screen Free Parenting on Wednesdays, we're talking about being calm and connected to not react to be able to tell where we are so that we can, no matter what's going on with our kids or in our relationships, we can stay calm and stay connected, and then we're not having that reactive response. And that's kind of what we're talking about. If I, if I spend time in solitude, then I'm going to be in a better place when things come up. And besides, if Moses needed it, if Elijah needed it, and David needed it, and Peter needed it, and Paul needed it, and Jesus himself needed it, maybe we ought to consider it. I'm just saying those are some pretty biggies, right? Another thing we can fast from, and I think this is important nowadays, is media. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are, that are pretty incapable of that. It's, it's like, you know, or at least unwilling to, to go through an entire day away from media. <laughs> Amen. You know, we got so much stuff out there. We've got radio, TV, magazines, Internet, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, more, right? There's even newer stuff. I can't even keep up. There's so much stuff that keeps getting added. Uh, In fact, some of us right here in this room, if if we took away your smartphone, you'd freak out. You'd be like, no. You'd be like, okay, that's fine, but give it back. (laughs) Not going to give it back. 24 hours without it. You know, it's true, right? We get this anxiety it's this th- about being disconnected. It's pretty incredible. Paul said, For freedom Christ has set us free. Submit not again to a yoke of slavery. And technology should serve us in, in amazing ways and can, but it should not enslave us and keep us from living for God. It should be a tool for us, not the thing that controls us. And that's really important. That's why... Uh, fasting, you want to find out how addicted or 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 how in mesh you are with 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 media fast from your do a six hour fast and see how that goes <laughs> <laughs> right and just see if if, if, if you get anxious um, We talk about Emmaus a lot, Gary talked about it again, and i d- I want to say it's not unexpected that if we disconnect from the world for a few days and and just you know be there for God, God shows up. Um, which is what Emmaus does. Now, there's a structure to it that's amazing, and there's a lot of cool stuff because um, you're loved on by, by folks in, in a powerful way. But when we separate from the distractions and just be present for God, God will show up whe- wherever we are. You know, at Emmaus, when we get back, the, the temptation is that, you know, we get back to being real busy and, and, and we stop uh, hearing from God, right? It wasn't God who moved, right? It it was, we didn't continue to keep space for him in our life. We stopped listening. See, what happened was incredibly simple. We set aside time for God, and God showed up, and the world doesn't like that and wants to take that away from us. I want to close with a couple of uh, personal stories of fasting. Let me start with this. I have fasted a lot in my journey and in my walk. I've um, I'm going to give you a couple of stories of an impact. It's, this is not an every time you fast this will happen kind of thing. Um, in California and at, um, where I'm from, I would, you know, bounce through a lot of churches. That's why my Catholic Baptist Pentecostalist background. You know, I, I, w- I went to a lot <laughs> of different churches. I, I would, I would, you know, do well and then I'd get perfectionistic and then I'd screw up and go drink and go drug and go to another church. Um, one of those times when I was doing well, there was a—I was looking for a church, and I'd been to several. One of which was a church called Westbrook Chapel, and I wanted to—you uh, know, I, I, I wanted to find the place that God would have me to be. So I decided to fast and pray, and that fast was the first two days were water only, and the last day, what th- three-day fast? Last day was nothing, um, and on that last day, I was driving around, and I still to this day couldn't tell you how I ended up in the neighborhood I ended up. Because it was not anywhere near where I normally would go. But as I'm driving down the street, in the street playing with his kids was a gentleman named Ralph Breyer who happened to be the pastor at Westbrook Chapel. And so I pulled over, stopped and had a conversation with him. And Westbrook Chapel was one of those, one of the places where I grew exponentially. It's where I learned how to pray for an hour with another group of men. We did that regularly and I grew a great deal. Now I still was not done with my stuff, ready ready yet. But so I did my normal leaving later. Um, but fasting and prayer led to me landing in a church that helped me in my walk that, in a tremendous and powerful way. Um, when we were um, looking at, when we were in the process of developing Jericho Village, a coffee house, um, I, I decided to go on a on another fast. We were trying to, we'd been tasked with ra- with fundraising. And with raising um, fifty thousand dollars in order to show that we could raise money. Now, for whatever reason, in my head, I raised that to fifty-two immediately. All the stuff <laughs> that I sent out said fifty-two, and at that time, I couldn't tell you why, but I can tell. At the end of this story, you'll see why. So I went on this fast and prayer. We were praying for direction and praying for uh, resources. Um, another two-day fast. Uh, the last day was the same. Um, didn't. It was not intentional to be a three-day. It was one of those, I'm going to fast for a day, and it led to three days. Um, and at the end of that, nothing spectacular happened until w- it became time to go to the conference. Uh, we, hadn't, we had not raised that all the money. Different things came up, and um, the week before, we were at, I think, $16,000 of the 52 that, w- that we were supposed to raise And then we sent out a video, and we did some things, and over the course of that weekend, we got it up to $42,000 in in gifts and giving, and still short, right? Um, But we thought, you know, God really, (laughs) that was a powerful movement of God. But on the morning that we were going to go to the conference, to the committee, we got a phone call from a friend at the first church that I had ever been, and and. Not a particularly close relationship, um, had not stayed in touch since. um, Not sure why I had sent them the information. But she called and and told us, I want to give $10,000 because this would have been something that would have helped my friend Randy, who had died, I think, of addiction. And so we went in that morning with $52,000 in gifts and giving. Prayer and fasting and humbling ourselves, and and again, I fasted a lot more, and tho- those are spectacular, miraculous things that have happened. Um, but prayer and fasting is real and it's powerful. We're going to have an opportunity in the fall. I'm um, uh, one of the pastors involved with the One Race Movement, and in the fall, there's going to be a 40-day fast and, and prayer leading up to uh, the March on Stone Mountain, which we'll hear more about as as we go forward. Um, so there will be an opportunity for corporate fasting. Just have to tell you, you know, when we put ourselves out there and when we allow ourselves to get deeper in our faith, amazing things can happen. Amen.